When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Outkick the Show. Yes, I am presently in my hotel room. I'm about to head over and go do lock it in for the day. Let me know if this popped into my Twitter feed, if all of you can see it. I got to get something off my chest. I got to react even from my actual hotel room. Uh, We got a lot of things to get to. I didn't do a show on Monday, uh, but there are many different details out there. I want to dive in. Going to talk about the decision Kevin Durant made. I'm going to talk about Kawhi and what he should do. Uh, I'm going to talk about, most importantly, uh, Colin Kaepernick and why the modern cancel culture that we live in is utterly nonsensical. And I want to start with this. I want to start with something incredibly proactive, right? Positive. I like to give you guys suggestions about books to read. Ironically enough, I am actually reading right now a great book called The British Are Coming by Rick Atkinson. This book just came out. Uh, It is a bestseller, and it's volume one in what is going to be a trilogy about the American Revolution. I'm about halfway through this book right now. Again, it's called The British Are Coming. It's a fantastic look at the American Revolution. And so I feel like this controversy once more sweeps right into a historical era that I am already studying. But if you don't know, according to the Wall Street Journal, which I have here today, and I've already read the article and I tweeted it out, our favorite former football player, Colin Kaepernick, was offended by a decision Nike made to put out a shoe with uh, the original design of the American flag on it, the Betsy Ross-designed American flag, which had 13 uh, stripes on it, 13 stars on it, to represent the 13 colonies. For those of you who are nincompoops and are not aware of American history, we were once colonies, all right? We were once the colonies of Great Britain. We were their property, and in 1775-ish, we started with Lexington and Concord, we decided, you know what, we'd rather be our own independent nation. And in 1783, the United States of America was born as an independent country with 13 states to replace those 13 colonies. I feel like this kind of matters. And during the course of that revolution, Betsy Ross decided that she was going to make a new flag to represent America. And so she sewed this new flag The new flag that we have today with 50 stars for all 50 states is a derivation of the original flag that Betsy Ross created back in the Revolutionary War era. And we now have, if you're familiar with the flag at all, 13 stripes on our flag to represent those 13 original colonies. We have the 50 stars to represent all 50 states on the United States of America flag, all right? I think this is important because it always uh, disappoints me the lack of historical uh, knowledge that our country in general has. So Nike, which is a company that exists to make money, decided 
that they were going to create a new, uh, like basically play on existing theme that already was out there for the Philadelphia 76ers who had worn Betsy Ross-inspired jerseys with 13 colonies represented on the 13 stars on their jersey. And they said, for July 4th, we will make these new shoes which will have the original design of Betsy Ross on them. And they will be out for July 4th. They'll be wildly popular because they are designed to be worn uh, around July 4th, right? So after these shoes have already shipped and after they are out for everyone to be able to purchase, Colin Cap right before they're about to be out for everyone to purchase, but after they've already shipped, after they've already been made with by slave labor, ironically enough, overseas, right? Which nobody ever seems to have any issue with. The fact that we're paying pennies on the dollar, literally, for people to create these shoes so Nike can make a little bit of money. But Colin Kaepernick and all the social justice warriors and everybody else out there who's making millions of dollars from Nike, they never raise that as an issue, right? They're never like, hey, maybe we should make our shoes in America. Maybe if we really care about American values, we should bring all of our production over to America. And if we're going to ask parents to go out and pay $150, $200 for shoes, and if as a result all these athletes are going to make all this money and they all claim to be social justice warriors and be so incredibly woke, maybe they should demand that Nike actually make their shoe in America and pay a living wage to Americans who were underemployed all over the country, black, brown, white, and Asian. Just maybe. If you were a social justice warrior, maybe that's a uh, stand you could actually take. But none of the athletes ever point that out. None of them ever point out that the reason why they can make millions of dollars is because virtual slave labor is creating their shoes for pennies, which creates massive profit margins. Now, I'm a globalist, right? I believe that companies should, through capitalism, make as much money as they possibly can. But it's amazing to me how the same sports media that wants to lionize all of these figures out there in the world of sports for all their political takes never points out that these figures never do anything that actually requires anything to come out of their pocket, right? They never do hold Nike accountable for uh, the fact that they're not making their shoes in this country, right? But Colin Kaepernick decides, you know what? I'm offended. This is racist. Um, And I am upset by the fact that, uh, by the fact that the, uh, by the fact that this United States flag exists because I can't believe this is real, but because slavery existed during the early days of the United States, that means we cannot celebrate uh, this flag. Now, following that to its logical extension, all right, following that to its logical extension, what this means is that really we shouldn't celebrate July 4th because July 4th represented a, uh, a, a American Independence Day when slavery was still legal. Now, I want to get into this for a second, for just a second. There's all this debate right now about reparations and what should happen and everything else. Does anybody ever actually do the math? The United States, as an independent country, has existed since 1783, right? It had slavery until 1863, January 1st of 1863. This means when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This means the United States had slavery for 80 years, Awful, wish it had never happened. Nobody out there is in favor of this, but every country has issues in its past, right? The United States had legal slavery for just 80 years. Since 1863, there has been no slavery allowed, permitted, in the United States, right? So if you do the math, it is now 2019, and I'm always bad at math, but I think that represents 
156 years that the United States has not allowed slavery in this country, okay? On top of that, on top of that, if you want to argue, okay, well, we didn't have full uh, rights and everything else, we've had affirmative action in this country now for 50 years. Affirmative action exists to be a direct response to the issues created by slavery. So almost now, we have almost had affirmative action in this country which allows people to get benefits based on the color of their skin for as long as we ever had slavery in this country. So uh, I think this is an interesting question. There's a big debate about reparations. How come nobody tries to get reparations from the British? Because the British allowed slavery to exist in the colonies for far longer than the United States of America ever allowed slavery to exist. This is about Colin Kaepernick not liking America and wanting to brand everything as racist. Remember, he said he refused to stand for the flag, and now he's opposed to versions of the flag, right? This is utterly ludicrous. And what Nike should have done is say this, we respect the fact that you disagree with the shoes. You don't have to wear them. This is my big takeaway here in general. We live in an era that is very much a cancel culture right now, right? And I want you to follow along with me here. I am perfectly fine through the marketplace of ideas with people who hate me, with people who disagree with me, with people who want to come after me all day long and say, you're an idiot. I'm also perfectly fine with people out there who want to say, you're a genius. But the cancel culture is fundamentally anti-liberal, all right? I want you to think about this for a minute. There is a difference from between saying, I don't like those and I'm not going to buy them and I don't like those and they shouldn't be able to exist. And the, to me, the shoe is just a metaphor for our larger cancel culture that exists in this country right now. If you believe, as I do, in a robust First Amendment where people can make any argument they want across the entire landscape, all right, and then the best arguments will win, then arguing that somebody shouldn't have the right to have their opinion or shouldn't have the right to wear that shirt or those shoes or anything else isn't about further flourishing freedom. It's about trying to tear down your critics and not allow them to have a voice. And so this is what troubles me in the larger context about stories like these. If you are not okay with celebrating American history, because the flag, as all things evolve, then you have a very antiquated notion of what exists in this country. That's fine. Colin Kaepernick says, I don't like the shoes. I don't want to buy them. I think they're offensive. I think they're racist. I don't like that flag. That is his right. He has the right to come out and say anything he wants. I'm a firm believer in the First Amendment. But what I don't like is when companies kowtow to the cancel culture. Now, I'm not saying that my audience is 100% accurate and reflective of the larger universe. I would never say that. But I do think it's been proven that Twitter skews very far left-wing. This is pure research proven consistently, right? That Twitter, by and large, skews Democratic and that it skews far left, all right? Right now, I just asked the question on Twitter. Do you agree with Nike's decision to pull American flag shoes inspired by Betsy Ross's original 13-star colony flag because Colin Kaepernick complained the shoes were racist and offensive? Again, I'm not saying that my audience is 100% representative of the larger American universe. But 
Right now, 10,000 of you have voted in the first 24 minutes, okay? 94% of you disagree with Nike's decision. 94%, okay? That is pretty extraordinary disagreement. Now, maybe somebody else out there will put out a poll and there will be tens of thousands of people that vote in favor of Nike's decision. But I think in general, the vast majority of the American public, white, black, Hispanic, and Asian, rejects the cancel culture that is so prevalent in our country today. And I think we need companies to actually be willing to stand up to that cancel culture and say, everybody doesn't have to love everything. And think about it. Like, if let's take it outside of the shoe universe. If you like a podcast, or if you like a website, or if you like a television show, when people come after that and say, this shouldn't exist, what they are trying to do is cancel a culture, right? I don't like that, okay? Everything that has a market should exist, all right? The idea, if you don't like something, and this has come out of the internet, and this has come out of social media, I don't know what happened to, if you don't like something, ignore it. And it's fascinating because what we're seeing is, this is a circle, and right now the left is ascendant wanting to cancel things, but before that, it was the right wing. Think about this. I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. What did people always try to do with Howard Stern's radio show? They tried to get it canceled. Who were the people who were trying to get Howard Stern's radio show canceled? Conservatives. Who cost Bill Maher his show for saying that, uh, that, that, that the 9-11 terrorists, while, however awful they may have been in their motivations, weren't cowards? Conservatives. What I do, and it sometimes drives people crazy, is I'm always going to stand up for the First Amendment. I didn't agree with all sorts of things that are going on right now. Harvard firing a professor because he represents Harvey Weinstein. It's a liberal professor. I think it's crazy. Kamala Harris attacking Joe Biden, right? This idea that we're trying to cancel people, I think is fundamentally wrong. And to me, the Betsy Ross shoe being canceled because of Colin Kaepernick's uh, protest represents everything that is wrong with the ascendant culture in our society, which believes not only should you not be able to say what you think, but other people shouldn't be able to see it. I want, again, book club. Go read this book. Just get a little bit of historical knowledge. Just a little bit. Uh, the British are coming. Go read about the start of the American Revolution and think about how crazy it is that we're in this situation where we are today where Colin Kaepernick has so much freedom that he can be offended by a shoe. And let me say this. For everybody out there who's arguing in favor of this decision, there's a small minority of them. Colin Kaepernick's bad for Nike's business. They made the decision to put Colin Kaepernick on the shelf almost immediately a year ago when they trotted him out as part of their advertising campaign. Have you seen any television ads with Colin Kaepernick? Have you seen any shoes with Colin Kaepernick on them out in stores? They might sell a few through their website, but they are not going to be using Colin Kaepernick as the face of their advertising campaigns because he was polarizing and he was bad for their business. So why would you listen to this guy? Let him speak out. I think it's strong if Nike says, you know what, we don't always agree with our endorsers. Stand up here and continue to make the decision you already made. This was not a, a hindsight decision, right? This was not something where they suddenly made this decision. They'd already made the shoes. They had already shipped them out. And then they decide we're never going to allow them to hit the stores. By the way, the irony here is, you know what's going to happen? These are probably going to turn into the most expensive shoes on the, on the sneaker market uh, resale that Nike has ever made. Because if you can actually get 
your hands on these shoes, there's going to end up being a huge demand on the resale market for them because so few of them were actually made. So uh, if it weren't so bad for Nike's brand overall to have made this decision, I would almost think that they are actually uh, trying to do this intentionally. All right? So that is my position on Colin Kaepernick. I think I got them. I love the idea that Betsy Ross, who had to run and hide after she made this a flag, uh, because she was worried about what might happen to her, is suddenly so revolutionary in 2019 that we can't have the Betsy Ross flag. One of the least controversial people in the entire planet, Betsy freaking Ross, and somehow she has uh, ended up uh, on the front lines of America's culture war. This is just insanely stupid. I disagree completely with allowing Colin Kaepernick to dictate any of your strategy. Ultimately, when you are a big business, you respond to the entirety of your customer base. Bad move, Nike. Bad move, indeed. All right, a couple of quick things, then i got to go get ready for television. A uh, couple of things. Kawhi. Two options here for Kawhi. Kawhi can either turn into a starring member of the LeBron James Circus, or he can go back to Toronto and have a good chance at repeating as a champion with the Toronto Raptors. I think it's big for the NBA if Kawhi decides to stay with the Raptors because it creates parity. 10 or 12 teams that could all win a championship, including LeBron and the Lakers. If he goes to the Lakers, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and LeBron are the best three players to ever play basketball in the NBA on the same team ever, ever in the history of the world outside of the dream teams that have played in the Olympics. I think it's a bad decision. And if he does it, it also represents everything that Kawhi claims to hate, which is obsessive attention, uh, something, everything being about something other than basketball, I think Kawhi re-up for one year with the Raptors, then make the decision to look at the market, consider where you might go after a year. I think that could make a good decision. I think it's bad for the NBA if they go from one super team era to another super team era, even if LeBron is a part of that super team. People want to believe their teams have chance to win championships, and they will if the Lakers aren't able to add Kawhi and if he goes elsewhere. All right? Uh, so that would be my thought. Also, I love the idea of Kawhi Leonard going pure Machiavelli here, by the way. What if Kawhi is holding out his decision so that the Lakers can't sign any of their top free agent targets? That would be an ultimate Machiavellian move. If Kawhi keeps the Lakers from making a move because they need to give him $30 million plus, all of the other top free agent targets end up going elsewhere, and then at the last minute, Kawhi pulls the rug out from underneath them. That would actually help the Raptors' chances to win a championship. That would be an unbelievable Machiavellian move in NBA free agency to make the Lakers think you're coming so that they save up all their money. Then when all the free agents that they wanted otherwise have already signed, boom, he bails. That would be incredible to see. Uh, I don't like the decision of Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant got up all in his feels. I think he made an awful decision to go play with Kyrie Irving instead of playing with Steph Curry. I can't imagine anybody out there, even for pickup basketball, how you would pick Kyrie Irving over Steph Curry. I also, I just think uh, Kevin Durant got all up in his feelings. I think it's not going to be a good decision to go to Brooklyn. A little bit of psychological help for you here. Your job will not make you happy. Let me repeat that because I think there's a lot of people who will tell you the opposite. Your job will not make you happy. Happiness is internal, right? You project what you feel inside. Your job will not make you happy. There's this idea out there that people have, if I had the right boyfriend, if I had the right girlfriend, if I had the right job, if I had the right car, if I had the right apartment, if I had the right house, none of those things make you happy. 
You have to make you happy. Maybe someday Kevin Durant's going to learn this, but the quotes that I have seen come out suggest that Kevin Durant is searching happiness through basketball, and he went to Golden State, and he thought championships would make him happy, and they didn't. And now he's going to Brooklyn, and he thinks somehow being the man at Brooklyn's going to make him happy, and it didn't. Kevin Durant ultimately has to understand that if he's going to be happy, it's all going to be internal. Happiness is not an external thing. Now, you understand the modern consumer culture. We sell the idea that something external is going to make you happy. I'm here to tell you it ain't true. I'm here to tell you that it simply isn't true. The way to actually be happy is to be happy internally, and then externally you will end up being happier. Does your job make you happy? I love my job, but you know what? I've always been happy. I've always been happy because I think that I have to make myself happy. I have to internally create happiness in myself. I can't look for external factors to make it happy. I was happy when I made uh, $35,000 a year. I hoped that I was going to make more than $35,000 a year. It was stressful to be trying to make more money, but I was happy. And now I'm happy and I make a lot more than that. It's not because of the money. It's not because of the job. You might be more satisfied, but it's not going to lead to extreme happiness. Just a little bit of tip from, uh, from old man Clay here. Uh, finally, I don't think D'Angelo Russell makes sense long-term for the Golden State Warriors. I think that D'Angelo Russell is part of the larger trade package that the Warriors are going to try to put together because otherwise, this is four of the five starters that the Warriors would have when Klay Thompson comes back healthy. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, and Draymond Green. What sense does that make? I don't get it. I don't understand why that would be a logical decision for the Warriors to make long-term. I think the sign-and-trade for KD was about creating opportunity to eventually move him as a weapon to gain other assets with. That is my uh, breakdown in general. Uh, I hope the U.S. women win tonight against England or this afternoon against England in a little bit. Big news, by the way. I love, love, love doing Lock It In, new television show that we do every single day at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. I'm on the Fox lot doing it today. Love working with Cousin Sal, uh, Rachel Bonetta, and Todd Furman. We have been picked up for year two. We only have four shows left, I think, three shows left, whatever the math is. We only got a few shows left. And then we'll be back in August, but I'm excited. Thanks for all the support out there. Uh, that year two of Lock It In will start in August as we get ready for football season. Encourage you to go download the Wins and Losses podcast. This week's guest is Dan Wetzel. Paul Feinbaum has been a guest. Shannon Terry, Greg Sankey, SEC Commissioner, Washington State football coach Mike Leach, and Jason Whitlock. I think all of you guys will love those podcast Wins and Losses. Go subscribe for it if you haven't already. All right. Kisses to all of you. My name is Clay Travis. This has been Outkick the Show. If you enjoy it, share it with your friends. Be live tomorrow. I'm out in L.A. We're doing the radio show. Also, by the way, I will be hosting with Doug Gottlieb, not taking the fourth off. I'll be on the Dan Patrick Show. Doug Gottlieb and I are sitting in as hosts on Thursday on the Dan Patrick Show from out in L.A. And Friday, I'll be guest hosting the Dan Patrick Show as well uh, from L.A. with uh, Jason McIntyre. So I appreciate all of you guys. Kisses from me. Nike should have had a spine, but they didn't. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. This has been Outkick the Show, and my name is Clay Travis. See y'all.